When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Welcome in on this Labor Day. I was a little slow there on the uh, the intro music. I'm not quite as good at running this thing as Declan is. So if the uh, if the boat sinks here or if something happens, you can fully blame me for any technical issues you may be experiencing. But uh, welcome in. This is Daily Vikings Entertainment. We have turned the corner now. The state fair is wrapping up today. Uh, college football is back. There's a crisp in the air in the mornings now, and that means NFL football season is here. Week one, I guess, technically begins Wednesday when all the the players come in for like the full media and practice. But this is Daily Vikings Entertainment, presented by our friends at Surly Brewing Company and TCL, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Happy football season, Judd. It's officially, officially here this week. Yeah, and uh, despite the fact what Dak says, this weekend was fantastic. College football was great this weekend. Like, there were enough good games. There were some bad games, too, and I watched some of them. But anyway, um, there's just something, there's something that when, like, the first week of college, and then, as we're about to embark on, this week, uh, pro football kicks off. I don't know. There's, like, hope. It's like hope comes back. Yeah, pretty much everyone has hope unless you're a Bears fan. Yeah, but I'm just saying like hope for uh, because it's just it's fun to see it back. It's just great to see it back. Uh, Yeah, college football was was bonkers this weekend. You had the that LSU uh, Florida State game. And then what was the um, I saw Mac Brown dancing in the locker room because North North Carolina, Carolina. North Carolina and Appalachian State went like over 120 combined points. It was absolutely kick return with 28 seconds. And then it's ridiculous. I believe Appalachian State scored 40 points in the fourth quarter alone of that game. They did and lost. And Mac (laughs) Brown was dancing. Yes. Uh, So. All right. Let's get into we, we, we did see this story over the weekend and we had a couple other episodes lined up. Uh, So we're going to dive into it. Probably a day later than we ordinarily would have here because it was a holiday weekend. But uh, we did see the Tyler Dunn story on golongtd.com. It's, uh, Tyler Dunn is a, a wonderful NFL writer. We've had him on the show before. Uh, he longtime Packers reporter, yep. and now he's doing a lot more just NFL long-form features on his Substack page. And 
There are some amazing quotes both on and off the record in here. Terrence Newman went on the record with Tyler Dunn. Some other former Mike Zimmer assistants decided to not go on the record, but all of this was, this whole article was designed to shine a light on the culture change that the Vikings could be in for going from Mike Zimmer to Kevin O'Connell. And so if you're cool with it here, John, I'm just going to kind of roll through. I, I have a ton of quotes in front of me. Let's just kind of go through some of these and uh, we can pause and dissect and sprinkle in the things that you've been observing at practice and behind the scenes and things that I have heard as well. Because th this is the idea here is, hey, Mike Zimmer was a huge problem at the end. Kevin O'Connell is going to fix these cultural things. And before you even get to the X's and O's, the culture change alone is going to be a breath of fresh air for this team. And uh, here's part of the article. All of the uh, all of the comments that you've heard, I'm just summing up here. There's there's comments on the record, comments from press conferences from Thielen, Cousins, Brian O'Neill, Daniil Hunter, talking about how enjoyable practices have been and stuff. And the article says all of these comments run diametric contrast to how everyone felt before. One of Zimmer's former players, Terrence Newman, who also coached with Mike Zimmer, is blunt. Terrence Newman knows countless players, quote, dreaded going to work those final years because all the fun was drained out of the organization. Quote, it became toxic. It was a trickle effect. If players are dreading getting cussed out and bleep like that, it's going to make it a long day for everybody. With a tint of hyperbole, one of Zimmer's former coordinators predicts immediate success for the 2022 Vikings because, this coach says, the devil is gone. Satan is out of the building. There's a lot more here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stop there for a second. Uh, yeah. So um, I think the most in in interesting thing is that Newman, who is uh, a fan of Zimmer's, and said I still am, and played for him going back, I think, to their days in Dallas, uh, went on the record and was that blunt. The, uh, the off-the-record former coordinator quote, in my opinion, is no question about it. Very easy to, to uh, deduct this one. John DiFilippo. Uh, I don't think Norv would... I, I don't think Norv is commenting or has. Uh, Clint Kubiak is... Um, I just don't see him saying that. Stefanski, same Stefanski, thing. probably not, yeah. And yeah. Gary Kubiak, I think, actually liked Mike enough. So, yeah, I that that's a guy who is definitely disgruntled, but... All that being said, the quotes that you just went through are incredibly interesting. I guess not surprising, um, but they do they do paint a picture of, of just how toxic things had become. And you know what, again, too, and this is not part of the story, but I think it's a very important part, is this is also an indictment on the Wilfs, who basically have acknowledged we sort of lost track of things. Yeah. Um, if that's how your employees and players felt about this guy, who, who, you know, no surprise was a shelf life guy from day one. Like there were, Mike was going to have a certain amount of time. Mike was not going to coach here for 15 years. Like he's not, he's not a guy that can last that long. Um, but I, I think it's really an indictment on, on a lot of people that run the franchise from the very, very top that they sort of just lost track of the fact that it, if it was truly this toxic, um, shame on the bosses. Like, how do you not see that? How do you not know that? How do you not have, why did it have to get to that point where, where you've got this great new stadium where you train is brand new and just fantastic. Like the Minnesota Vikings have 
so many good things going for them right now. And to sort of have been like checked out and lost track after all of that on the fact that the coach is now, I guess it's safe to say despised and hated that much to me, mm-hmm. That's that culture is an ownership problem to me to not have an understanding of, oh my God, this is really going south before it before it gets to, to a point where clearly from those quotes, it had become intolerable. Let's keep going here through this amazing article. Uh, Kevin O'Connell did his research on the culture in Minnesota before his arrival, but only praises the coaches who preceded him, which I will add is very smart. You don't, you don't, yeah. I like that o- O'Connell hasn't fallen into this trap, right? Listen, I'm just here. I, I'm just here to do what I do, et cetera, et cetera. Meanwhile, the players have had no problem taking veiled shots at Zimmer for months. It's 100% true. They dreaded going to work. Their old head coach's mood was contagious. Zimmer's energy, misery, became their energy. And the source of his anger toward the end, several sources note, was the inherent pressure Zimmer felt as an NFL head coach. When the local media once suggested the Vikings needed to clean house, who suggested that, by the way? And and once? (laughs) We spent right. a whole year saying you've, you probably have to clean house. Yeah. Uh, one former assistant recalls Zimmer going ballistic behind the scenes. Bleep it. Fire me, he sniped. I'll collect a check and go live on my ranch, which is what he's doing now. At best, the reaction was naive. Zimmer had coached in the NFL since 1994. Didn't he know how business worked? Nonetheless, outbursts were common in coaching meetings. One assistant thought Zimmer appeared unstable, yeah. using the actual quote, unstable. Um. It continues here, and this is now back to Terrence Newman on the record. Good for him, by the way, putting his name on this. You might as well. You know, if you're going to say something and it's going to be this inflammatory, you know, at least let Zimmer give you a phone call and ream me out, right? Uh, making everything worse was the fact that Zimmer had projected his bad energy onto everyone else. The asbestos spread, and there was no turning back. Quote from Terrence Newman, he was never in a good mood. People sense that stuff. You come in here and you have an attitude. What the bleep are you mad about? There's this dude over here playing on a bum knee, giving it everything he's got. Could have sat out, but he said, you know what? I want to be there for my guys. I want to go out there. I want to play. I want to push myself. I want to do what I can for my team. And then this guy's over here, Mike Zimmer, grumpy about the possibility of getting fired and still making however much money he's going to make next year because he's got a guaranteed contract. Tell me how that's fair. And this critique isn't coming from Generation Z, the article reads, because, I mean, that's one of the things, too. You can't connect with younger players. Terrence Newman is an old soul. He was drafted by Bill Parcells in 2003. When you try to intimidate, Newman says, you get guys who are scared to make mistakes. You do your job, but you don't do your job to the best that you can do it because you're afraid of the repercussions and the consequences. Yeah, that's... I. And and I will say this, by last year, unstable, I think, is a very fair word. Like, he had become, he was on the edge constantly. And, and look, I mean, if you want to trace this, it's very simple. It goes back to one thing, 2018, don't overpay a quarterback. I'm a defensive guy. And then Rick did, and that changed everything. And And I tweeted this, and Phil, we've talked about this too. The Mike Zimmer eras have to be defined by before Kirk, and after Kirk. And that doesn't even mean that you have to blame Kirk. But he changed. After that, he changed. And and the way that he saw fit from 2014 to 2017 to run a football team changed. So, like, it's not a surprise. It's not a surprise. And and uh, Tyler Spies didn't 
examine this too, but I mean, there is a whole thing about where things, and it's, it's I'm sure, in large part because of Kirk, went south with Rick. Like, Rick, Rick was instrumental in hiring Mike. They were obviously, for quite some time after that, on the same page, and then that changed too. Um, I think Mike... I think Mike uh, tried to hide his insecurity with being gruff and mad, yeah, and angry. Uh, but there is, but there's no doubt he was insecure. And and I also think by the end he felt persecuted. And I think the persecution started. And again, this doesn't make sense, but it's just I. It's just my thought. I think the persecution complex started when Teddy got hurt because it made no sense. And Teddy was his guy. Um, and I think all of those things, and you know what, too? I'm pretty sure that some of what went wrong with Norv was related to the fact Teddy got hurt. Like, that changed things that year, year too. I, I mean, think, think about that. In 2016, I believe they were 5-0 and going into their bye. And they're after this great start. Bradford, look, you know, it's looking like it's all going to work. And... Then they lose one game to Philadelphia, and that literally changed everything. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that there's just, but it's somebody, you know, there's somebody in the building or multiple people who have to have sort of a checks and balances, and they didn't. And look, that's going to be important again with Kevin. Every coach, in my opinion, needs to be reined in somewhat and probably sat down and talked to and told, you know what? That didn't work right there. Mm-hmm. That didn't work as far as 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 how they do things with their team, the media, the fans. And if you just unchecked, say, well, that's my coach. Guess what? That person and O'Connell will fall trapped to the same thing. That person will gain so much power that by the time you try to, just like with Mike, Phil, rein them in, it's too late. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll follow up with some thoughts here in just a second, but you brought up that there's sort of the before Kirk version of Mike Zimmer, the before Kirk era, and then there's the after Kirk. And yep. and you're right, the before Kirk era was working out exactly how Mike wanted it to work out. I mean, Mike was, those first four years, the Vikings averaged, I think it was like 10 and a half wins here. What's my math? So they won 7, 11, uh, th- uh, eight and thirteen, so twenty, thirty-one, thirty-nine. So they were they were averaging ten wins per season. They had the Minneapolis Miracle playoff win in two thousand seventeen. They should have had a playoff win in two thousand fifteen, if not for a missed twenty-seven yard field goal. So, but you know it happens. But but they so they had some playoff success, and they were doing it all by building the best defense in the NFL, and being careful about not overspending for non-elite offensive players, quarterback, etc. And, uh, and this is where the article picks up because it, it highlights the exact rift that you're talking about. Um, Zimmer seemed perpetually miserable over the team's decision to give Kirk Cousins a fully guaranteed three-year, $84 million contract. To Zimmer, that money could have been used on a few defensive pieces. He never tried to develop a meaningful relationship with Kirk Cousins and sparred with his coordinators. You may recall from our last story that Zimmer, with the offense's script in hand, would intentionally muck up the Vikings' RPO plays in practice right when the RPO craze was catching on in 2018. As for Zimmer's view of Cousins, quote, he hated Cousins, one ex-coach said, wouldn't talk to him. It was all bad. 
Part of the problem was that Zimmer loved Teddy Bridgewater and could never quite get past his career-threatening injury. That's the type of quarterback he liked, one that played off the defense and a run game. Weekly meetings through the 2021 season were at Cousins' request, and those helped the relationship a tad, but the two were never close. Um, and that's kind of kind of the bulk of this article. And so this is, first of all, bravo, Tyler Dunn. This is amazing stuff. And um, this this isn't all necessarily just drudging up the past. And I think it's what, what can be learned and what is Kevin O'Connell going to do differently here. And that last piece right there to me is the most important thing Kevin O'Connell can do. And the thing that he's been focused on the most for the first eight or nine months he's had this job, which is, build a great relationship with the most important influential player on the team. And that is the starting quarterback. And, and that's where Mike in all the areas where Mike fell short, that is the number one area that he fell short in his last four years. You can't just ignore or hate, or maybe even at worst, try to sabotage the most important player on the team. You are the head coach of 53 men. You aren't just a defensive coordinator who outsources all the offensive stuff, right? You can outsource a little bit, and Kevin O'Connell is outsourcing some of the defense to Ed Donatel and Mike right. Pettin. But it is your job to build and cultivate that relationship so that it trickles down to the rest of the team. And I think this is the question I want to ask you. I think where I'm a little bit torn here is all of this stuff is spot on. I, I am not disagreeing with any of the things that are coming out here. You and I have certainly heard behind the scenes a lot of grumbling about Mike Zimmer and, boy, this is going to be different now. The devil's out of the building. Like, that has been a thread that we have heard, that other reporters have heard. I think two things are true. I think Mike Zimmer deserved to be fired. And I think Mike Zimmer had become incapable of maximizing the roster that he was given. I also think a lot of people have taken the narrative way too far for a guy that ranked third in Vikings history among coaches in win percentage. Mike Zimmer is right behind Dennis Green in terms of all-time win percentage as a Vikings head coach. He's one of the probably three best coaches in Vikings history. Bud Grant, Dennis Green, Mike Zimmer. And so I, I'm so torn on this because everything in this article seems to be true. It all led to him having to lose his job. Absolutely, 100%. And I think Kevin O'Connell is a breath of fresh air. Right. But I also think Mike Zimmer... He didn't just become an idiot overnight. There were a lot of good things that he was doing and a lot of things that this team is, you know, like this team is essentially banking on, oh, thank God we got rid of that guy. Kevin O'Connell's going to win. Now we're going to win 12 games. And I I just, I'm skeptical that it's that simple that you just flip a switch, but we'll see. So I think that this is a, a uh, cautionary tale in something the Wolves have struggled with mightily, and that is what happens if you don't water the garden. Um, Childress, they did the same thing. They lose, they literally, because they're football fans, and look, that can be good too. So like, they've done a lot of good things. But because the Wilfs are football fans and are taken with football people, um, they own this team. And if once they make hires, they seem to trust way too much. Childress, they literally fired him after he essentially didn't tell them, I'm cutting Randy Moss, okay? Like, think about how far that's gone. Where, where, like, that's when you catch up with things? That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely embarrassing. Frazier was a great guy. It didn't work. That's almost just like, like a speed bump thing, right? But Mike is another example of 
Tyler Dunn's piece does a great job of providing a play-by-play of how far ownership let things go. And I could tell you right now, we can have the conversation. Kevin O'Connell's a very different guy. He's a young guy. He's enthusiastic right now. He's not lost a game yet. But if they don't start to pay attention to their team, and if they just trust, oh, our people will do the job, you're crazy. You're absolutely crazy. And this is the one thing, Phil, I've never gotten about sports and, and the older I get, the more I think this is when you see flaws in your top executives or coach, right? How do you not sit them down and say, okay, be quiet, sit down. I'm, I'm going to talk to you about this problem. And I want to see some changes here. Um, I'll give you examples. Like, like it's not that, that hard. Um, you know, with Mike, it's very clear there was never a discussion about the cousin's situation why wasn't there like for for, for four years doesn't someone come in after year two and say hey we're multiple coordinators into this thing you guys don't seem to have a great relationship and they've had multiple chances that you know they could have not renewed his contract i think he went into like the second to last year the contract and then they decide when did they give him that last extension it was after the 2020 season right they gave him a three-year deal going into the season that they fired him after yes i'm pretty sure because he's i think he's being paid for two more years you're correct and so a lot of these a lot of these red flags existed but they were winning enough games i guess but it's it's such a weird stew but don't you want to cultivate a franchise that works like like i want if i own a team i don't champion dysfunction but we're winning enough games well you're not winning championships and you know how did how does ownership whiff on not know not care which it would be a worse indictment that mike and Kirk didn't talk. Yeah. Like, how do you lose track of that? Oh, they didn't talk. Oh man, that's a problem. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. And how that- do you how do you know that they aren't talking? Isn't it obvious to people in the front office, people in the building, and then trickle up to ownership? I mean, like, think about if you're in the audience. Think about your workplace. Right. There's a hundred people in the workplace, and uh, and 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 so all of them have different levels of responsibility. Wouldn't it be obvious if like the two most important people in the workplace had a bad relationship? Boy, wow, it's a uh, like on our show, we have three people, but like, boy, Judd and Declan like never talk, and when they do, it's really uncomfortable and awkward, which is not right. the case. I'm just saying, like, wouldn't someone step in and say, wouldn't I step in, or you know, someone step in and say, guys, we we really need that relationship to work. Why doesn't it work? And if it doesn't work, and you don't think it can work, then we either need to like, then you both can't coexist in the organization. So, it's on Mike for not making it work. Mm-hmm. I think, honestly, I, people are going to hate me for this. I think some of it's on Kirk for just – Kirk doesn't have the, 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 the traditional sort of star quarterback leadership personality that, quite frankly, Teddy Bridgewater had more of it than Kirk Cousins. And I think Mike Zimmer appreciated, appreciated that about Teddy Bridgewater. Kirk's kind of a weird guy and a little bit more of an introverted, kind of a nerdy guy. Ben, hell, Ben Lieber went on the record and got kind of flamed for this stuff a few weeks ago. Um but yeah, how do you not notice that that's happening? The other people in the organization, and then if you're if you're Zimmer yourself, like how how do you not value that relationship more? How how do you not say, okay, wow, I don't I don't know that it's a good idea that uh, we pay this guy as much money as we are, but we did. This is yeah. my job to make this work. Yeah. So and you know what, Kevin O'Connell, I think is going in eyes wide open here. I think he knows. Like this, you you can kind of read the tea leaves. Some of the things that he has said about cousins, it's. It's about getting him to play with a quiet mind. You know, when he was he was asked on Colin Cowherd's podcast a few weeks ago, 
uh, Colin threw out like six different quarterbacks. Let's just play, you know, when I say the name of this quarterback, give me three words to describe him. And, you know, he threw out Tom Brady and Rodgers, and he had all these big praise words. And he threw out Kirk Cousins, and, and his words were like, accurate? <laughs> it, yeah. it, was, it wasn't like the things that you would say about Tom Brady. So he knows too, but you know what? He's going to go in and say, I'm going to I'm going to commit myself to this relationship, going to make it work to the best of our ability and then we'll come up for air after the season and then we'll figure out what do we do going into the last year of his contract. He is committed to making it work because it's the most important thing you can do. And Mike behind the the scenes, you know, I, I think what drove him crazy about Kirk was that in his mind and he's not wrong, Kirk doesn't really lead like a quarterback should lead. Now, Kevin at his press conference on, I think it was Thursday, is going to great lengths to say the team lost Kirk. He, he said, you know, you'd be amazed if you saw the votes for captain. We're we're going to announce this shortly, but you'd be amazed at all the votes that Kirk got. I mean, he's trying to embolden Kirk, which is fine. Right. Which is not, I, like, that's not bra- like, that's not breaking news. You don't announce that, like, oh, man, you should see how many Denver Broncos think right. that Russell Wilson's a leader. Yeah. It's like, well, it's just kind of, it, exactly. it, yeah, goes on Exactly. Set. But anyway, um, so I, I think the most important thing that can be learned from from this, and it's not a surprise, but it's this. I don't put it on O'Connell or Quazy. I put it on the Wills. Get control of your franchise. Know what's going on. Like, mm-hmm. it'd be one thing to say, it turned out, you know, some some secretary was stealing pencils. How did the Wills not know? Well, who cares? Uh, but we don't know what your GM and coach are doing. And, like, you pay a quarterback that much and, like, sort of just lose track. That's on you. And, and I would employ them after what now? 15, 16 years? Um, I would implore the Wilfs stop stop being such fans and run and run it like it's fine to be a fan on Sunday. That's awesome, but the rest of the time, have somebody who knows what's going on at the very least. Because this is clearly this is the second time. Because Childers was the same exact way. I'm sorry when you cut Moss and don't tell the Wilfs. So the Wilfs are like, what happened? I saw it on NFL Network. Yeah. You you clearly have a problem within the structure of your franchise that needs to be fixed. Yep. Yeah, it's uh I don't want I don't want my owners to be super hands-on and micromanagers because I think that can be bad too. You see that with the Cowboys for the last 25 years where Jerry Jones has to be doing media all the time and he's got to be hands-on. He's got to be the owner GM for a period of time, right? And so I I don't want that, but I also don't want absentee owners who you know fly in from New Jersey once in a while and are shocked to see that there's relationship problems. So, uh, by the way, our guy, uh, our guy Alex Boone, kind of hinted at this stuff way back, like even before the firings. Like it's that yep. when he played six years ago, he was saying it was always kind of, oh, the Wilfs are in town today. Like they they spend a lot of time in New Jersey, and he just kind of felt like they probably aren't around enough to know what might be happening underneath the surface. So uh, right. let's uh, let's shout out. By the way, uh, Chill Boys are back here on Purple Daily for the 2022 football season. And we are excited. I uh, a long time ago, I threw out all of my non Chill Boys underwear. Best decision I have ever made. Um, are you excited for Long John season coming up here too in a few weeks? Absolutely, my favorite. I absolutely love it. And why? Why you say? Because Judd, ordinarily Long John's uncomfortable. They bunch up, right? Exactly. No, 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 no. In Chill Boys' case, they are as comfortable as can be. The best, uh, the best boxers, and Long John's experience. I've ever had. And that's it's amazing. 50, yep. 52 years, 52 years. And it's the best experience I've had. Uh, it's the most comfortable we've ever been in our boxer briefs. 
And that's all they care about is your comfort. Get yours. It's a Minnesota-based company, by the way. You can find them online and support them at chillboys.com. Also, a shout-out to our friends over at Livia who have helped Judd. He's about a year in now to his weight loss venture. Uh, about half that time was spent losing the weight, and the other half spent keeping it off. Exactly. And I'm down uh, in, in that, that time, 40 pounds. And here's the best part, keeping it, it off. And uh, Dawn joined. She's down uh, 16 pounds. Chris Ron, the sales guy, the man who sold this deal, said, you know what? Yeah, I sold it, but I'd like to join, too. In his first week, down six pounds. Ladies and gentlemen, this works. It, it works for for dropping the, the weight in the easiest way possible. And then here's the best part. It works in maintaining the weight loss, which is the most important thing. And I come to you on this Monday with a new offer, a new offer that is going to uh, excite you because it's such a good deal. And that is this. Livia right now, eight weeks for free. Imagine all of the weight that you can drop in eight weeks. So the first eight weeks are free. Experience a program that is not a diet plan. It is a weight loss center because it definitely works with, with their uh, dietitians, nutritionists, 855-GO-LIVIA, L-I-V-E-A, livia.com, inside the state or out um, because it's possible to do virtual visits as well. Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com, eight weeks free is the first step towards your weight loss journey. And then uh, real quick here, why don't you uh, tell us what it was like wrapping your jaws around a surly for the first time late last week post-appendectomy surgery? A tailgate at the Gophers, and I said, you know what? It's been nearly two weeks since the appendectomy, and now it is time to get back. And nothing, nothing greets you like a long-lost friend, Phil uh, Surly. It's a fantastic, furious logic bomb of late absolutely great the fall beers are coming and then of course we're getting more and more uh, tweets and pictures before i die as well that's right the saying that we all use for the local football team to say we want a championship before i die now available as well the summer of surly is going to turn into the fall of furious surly brewing check them out so um just to put a bow on this sort of cultural conversation because i i really do think this has to be the last now this has to be sort of the putting the mike zimmer era to bed uh i didn't expect a piece like this to come dropping the week before the regular season but yes with all that juicy information it was worth talking about so what would your biggest piece of advice be for kevin o'connell now taking over a talented roster a, you know just hearing from a lot of people on and off the record in this article things that we've heard the overriding thought is, hey, there's a lot more than eight or nine wins in there. There's a lot more than what they were putting out the last couple of years. And uh, it falls on the plate of Kevin O'Connell to make it happen now. So what would your number one piece of advice be to him as he looks to build his own culture here? Control the things you can control. Do not try and control things you can't control. It is a waste of your uh, time. That would be my biggest. Uh, that would be my biggest suggestion to any coach. They become paranoid. They become control freaks. They start to try and look at, like, I think a lot of them think to, to this day, and I mean, this goes back to the first year Childress was here. They try and think, like, how does Belichick think? Well, who cares? For, he's a very special guy. And, and look, I mean, he's had some struggles of, of late, too. But I would urge O'Connell, as a young guy right now, to control things that are within his control. And that means, you know what? 
if some guy in the upper deck at training camp practice is going to film you, he's going to film you, and it's going to get out. And and if the Packers see some bland thing, you know what? Too bad. But if you start to sweat things that you shouldn't sweat, that's how you that's how you start to become, in my opinion, unglued. Right? Yeah. That's how you start to be like. I mean, Mike, you know what? Mike showed up here in 2014 with a very good idea of who Mike was, which I appreciated. And he developed defense and and prioritized correctly. And the longer it went, the more he got distracted by all of the noise. All of, you know, think, think about that. You might be fired. The local media calls for changes. That's going to happen, right? What good does it do you to melt down about that and allow that to impact your mood? Yeah. How is that going to help your team? And, you know, you're a football coach. Again, this is not a normal job. This is not like suggesting, I don't like my teacher. My teacher should be fired. This is a high-stress, high-functioning um, job in professional sports, which, by the way, can suck. So control what is within your control. And I appreciate Kevin's attempts to work with Kirk. Like... It might not work. It might work, but it's very well-founded. But I already see it. I already see it with the please don't film. That Dude, that's a small thing, but it does not do you any good. And, and this is my problem, Phil. I don't feel like anybody sits him down and says, you need to be quiet. I'm going to explain this. Like, so I don't want you, I don't want you to not listen to what I'm saying. Because in some cases, he's going to be told by people with a lot more experience than him in certain areas, really valuable information that's going to help him. So like to be tr trying to, to think, yeah, but I'm trying to think of our uh, our uh, our uh, session with the quarterbacks tomorrow. No, dude, there's very important things. It'll take a second to process it, but once you do, it's going to help you. And I feel like not enough people in power in sports get those talking to and, and are told you need to take this seriously and we're gonna change this because it's gonna help you in the long run. I think um I think Zimmer was way too reactionary. Mm -hmm. He he failed to he was reactionary to media, to if his offensive line played poorly, you know, he couldn't resist going up to a microphone and just going from emotion to speaking without any sort of pause, right? You know, the throwing Kellen Mond under the bus throwing his offensive line under the bus after a 6-0 and start went awry back in 2016. Uh, just he he had no ability to to remain calm and strategic. And so I think I, I have a couple pieces of unsolicited advice for Kevin O'Connell. One would be don't be reactionary. Always, always have a strategy and a reason behind the things that you say publicly, the things that you do, because if you – if you don't put that space between the things that happen and your reaction, that's how you can damage relationships. I think Mike did that. I mean, there's been a lot of players that just don't appreciate the way that Mike will go and say something publicly in front of a mic in front of fans and media without addressing it with the players first themselves or, you know, and, and some coaches do that and it's very strategic. It's I'm going to go up there and send a message this way through the media to my team. And I don't think Zimmer did that as much. I think it was just I'm reactionary and I'm mad. And so I'm going to I'm going to fly off the handle and and uh and say something that is going to piss people off. And the second thing I would say is to me I I always I've always thought that leadership 
leadership is it is your job to facilitate the success of the people on your team that you are. And I like how some of these new coaches talk about being servant leaders. Sometimes that can be kind of a cliche, but it, but if you break it down, it really is. All right. I am the straw that stirs the drink. How can I unlock certain things and make people's jobs easier through scheme, through teaching, sometimes through tough conversations. And, um, I just don't know that Mike thought about what it was like to be a great leader. I think Mike was a, at one time was a brilliant defensive schemer and, you know, Mike knew so much about football and he was able to take that pretty far, like winning playoff games and NFC championship game appearance and, you know, have, you know, finishing what 16 games above 500 as Vikings head coach. But I think he lacked as a true leader. I don't, I don't think he was great. Not that he didn't build connections with some players, because he definitely had great connections with certain players. It's, it's not, this is where this article probably, you know, maybe they didn't talk to a few different people they could have that. But Terrence Newman at one point was one of those guys too. And even he is saying, yeah, I was one of Zim's guys. That guy was impossible to be around. Uh, so can you just walk into work every single day and facilitate the success of Kirk Cousins, facilitate the success of your, of your defensive coordinator and your skill position players, right? I mean, that's Sean McVay. Sean McVay can be a hard ass, but Sean McVay is also a guy that those players will die on a hill for. Yep. And at, I think at one point, Mike Zimmer had that. Um, clearly lost it the last couple of years. And I think the hope is that Kevin O'Connell can can be like Sean McVay in that regard, where they celebrate him, they love playing for him, they respect him. He's not just a pushover. That's the most important thing. Yep. And we'll and we'll I guess we'll sort of see how that plays out this season. And Mike is a Parcells guy. Um, I think part of the problem too, because if you if you took Bill Parcells and put him in a head job right now, there it would not be uh, his Giants days. So I think part of the problem with Mike is, and I mean this is tough. Mike didn't evolve. So like Mike thought, because you know if if you now went in a time machine and took Mike back to the you know, I don't know, 1988 season. I think Mike and this way is successful. At that time, there were maniacs. You know, Mike Ditka was a maniac. Mm -hmm. So I think Mike's biggest problem was he didn't change. People change. Players have changed. And Mike didn't really care. And that's fine to say, but it becomes a problem. My main concern with O'Connell is what's going on behind those eyes. With Mike, it was all very frontal. So, like, Mike's problems could have been addressed, and he wouldn't care. He'd tell, tell you to buzz off. But, uh, you know, to your point, Mike wasn't necessarily trying to get the best from his players. Mike was just pissed off. With O'Connell, you, you can see, because he's a very smart guy, he's articulate. I do not think he will ever rip a guy at the podium, which is fine, because he does tell you some truths. Like, like he does give you a little here, here and there, mm -hmm. but it's not... It's not frontal, but you know, with Mond, it wouldn't be fair to play him. That's a huge indictment. It's a great quote. Um, but my, my concern about Kevin is prioritizing and what's going on. And, and that's what we don't know. And I'm not saying this as a criticism. I think in a head coaching job, it's incredibly tough, but the long, but if you see red flags, the longer those red flags go, the bigger it gets to be a problem because it's harder to stop. Mm -hmm. So I guess my question is, do the Vikings have people currently talking to and working with O'Connell to try and get him to prioritize what he's thinking? And in some cases, probably flat out drop things. Just say, you know what? Don't worry about that. That's not important. So it's a very different 
to-do list as far as my concerns for both guys. But, you know, at the end of the day, this job is difficult, this job is tough, and this job, when you lose games, sucks. So the question is, how do you go about handling those things? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm 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 excited to watch this thing. We, my guy, we've been sitting here for almost nine months talking about what could the Kevin O'Connell era look like and how is he going to build relationships? How is it going to be different than Mike Zimmer? And uh, now we actually start to find out on Sunday against the Packers. Also a reminder, too, that uh, every single post-game, so right after Vikings games are over, most of them on Sundays, obviously, on the Purple Daily YouTube channel exclusively, you can find Vikings Ventline, which is the most fan-friendly and interactive post-game show on the planet. It started off as a just a radio call-in show about 10 years ago, and uh, now it runs live on the Purple Daily YouTube channel immediately following every single Vikings game. We turn the show over to you guys. We bring fans into the video, into the show with us. And uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, or maybe if you're new to Purple Daily sometime this offseason and you haven't experienced Vikings Ventline, you're in for a treat, hopefully. And uh, we will explain. There's 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 ways to get on the show that we will explain as we go along. But the, the best thing to write down is the email address, vikingsventline at gmail.com, vikingsventline at gmail.com, to put in your requests to get on the show. Um, and the show is powered in part by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They've been around for over 100 years, helping businesses maximize their level of success. It's like having a great offensive line for your business. There are threats on the horizon, and you want to be able to operate uh, with a little bit more peace of mind. And that's where Federated comes in. You can find out more information about how Federated can help your business at federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. Also, a shout-out to our friends at Finch Home Solutions, Judd. Oh, that's uh, right, Phil. And, And Finch, I'm going to tell you right now, Finch can do things that Judd can't do. And now you're saying, well, what, what does that mean? There's a lot Judd can't do. Okay, that's true. But there is one thing in particular that Judd really can't do, shouldn't do, because it could be dangerous, and that is home electrical repairs. That's where Finch comes in, saves the the day, and look, it's worth it because there are um, – DIY things, right? Like I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do this or that. It's fine. If you screw it up, that's fine. But when it comes to home electrical repairs, this is one place that you don't want to take a chance. And Finch can take care of everything from faulty outlets to flickering lights to installing or repairing electrical panels. And right now, Finch is offering a free home safety inspection to all Purple Daily fans. That's right. Free home safety inspection. So if there's questions that that you've got right now about things and you're like, I don't know about this or that, and I I don't want to pay a lot, this is uh, free. It's fantastic. Finch Home Solutions. Give them a call. 612-357-2604 or finchhomesolutions.com. Finchhomesolutions.com. Be prepared uh, for fall and winter by taking care of those home electrical needs right now. Finchhomesolutions.com. Might help if I turn my microphone on. Uh, I was wondering if I'd lost you. No, no, it's just me being an idiot here at the end of the show. That's a wrap on Purple Daily. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Labor Day episode, Daily Vikings Entertainment.